I'm, I'm just going to jump right in. So good habits. Drink a gallon of water a day. I struggle with this. I'm super active. I go to the gym five days a week. Um, and I struggle with drinking enough water. I, you know, some days I'll drink eight bottles of water. Some days I'll drink two. Uh, some days I realize it's 10 o'clock at night and I realize that I haven't drank any water. So I'll try to pound a half a gallon of water before I go to bed. It's so important that we stay hydrated. It's important to flushing out toxins out of our, excuse me, out of our body. It's important to hydrating our skin and our organs and our blood. Uh, it's important to our rest and our processes. It is so important that we stay hydrated and nobody considers it. I know people that are adamant about it that drink too much water. And again, too much of anything is bad. You can flush all of the nutrients out of your system. So there is a, a happy medium there. You don't want to drink 15 gallons of water a day. You'll end up dying. Uh, walk for 30 minutes a day or, or get a step counter, a Fitbit. Uh, I know that people struggle to get enough physical activity. In my new position at my job, I'm walking like three to five miles a day now. Uh, it's important that you get physical exercise, that you keep your body moving, that you keep your blood flow, uh, good vascularity, good, good circulation in your system. Walking will also make you thirsty so you can drink more water. Reading daily. This is something that I struggle with, but I try to read five pages a day. Uh, find a book that you're interested in. I'm not really a book person, but I do have a couple of books laying around my house that are entertaining to me. Uh, they, they, <laughs> I do have a couple books laying around the house that pertain to topics that interest me or at least in a science fiction way, it's entertaining to me. I also try to read some self-help literature or daily meditation. I've got a men's meditation book, uh, I just try to read to keep my, my eyes working, to keep my mind focused, to work on my vocabulary. Vocabulary is big to me. Pronunciation, enunciation is important to me. Little things, right? Journal writing. This is something that is so helpful to me to processing my thoughts and my actions and my behaviors. I'll be real honest. I struggle with the opposite sex. I struggle with communicating in a healthy way. I, I struggle with not necessarily being respectful or being appropriate. I struggle with not acting on impulse if I'm attracted to someone or I feel like there's a mutual attraction. You know, my knee-jerk reaction, because I'm an instant gratification type of person, is to respond to that and to flirt. And that's not always the appropriate response. And it's not always welcomed. And I think a lot of men struggle with that, to be honest with you. I think a lot of men struggle with impulse control. And a lot of men struggle, you know, I, I'm going to say this very bluntly. We are big, dumb animals, ladies. You pay attention to us and we're like, oh, she likes me. I, we're, it's just how we are. So don't hate men because they misinterpret you or they misunderstand you. We are simple-minded if you smile at us and you pay extra attention to us, we assume that you like us or that you're interested in a romantic way or in a more than friends or more than business way. I understand after years of practice 
that that's not the case. And I have lots of women friends in my life now who I have great platonic relationships with. And I didn't think that that was something that would ever be possible. I just didn't, you know, I, 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 I still believe that most men and women who are friends, I'm going to get way off on a tangent if I continue this, but I believe that most men and women are not capable of platonic relationships unless there is some sort of other connection like recovery, uh, church, some sort of other connection that causes their interaction. I think for the most part, men and women who meet generically or, that's not the word I'm looking for, organically, that's the word, men and women who meet organically, it's usually some sort of emotional, mental, or physical attraction by one or both parties. And one or both of them are, are pursuing that to some extent. And I will go out on a limb and say most of the time, ladies, that the men are the ones who are pursuing that with the falsehood or the front of being content with being your friend. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but most of your male friends would sleep with you if given the opportunity. And if they say that they wouldn't, they're either lying or they're gay. And that's a bold statement, and that's a very strong opinion on my part. But I'd be willing to bet that every male or straight male that you know has either already slept with you, wants to sleep with you, has thought about sleeping with you, or is hoping that one day there will be a chink in the armor and you will give them that opportunity. Now, whether they take it or not is another conversation in itself. My point is, is that plutonic relationships are very rare, uh, to say the least. And the ones that I have today are with women who are in recovery and or they're friends of mine from church. And so there is a different level of connectivity. There's a different level of respect. Uh, there's a different level of purpose for us to be friends and to be in each other's lives. For the most part, a woman who's not in recovery or not hasn't been introduced to me through a spiritual connection or through a spiritual community uh, is either interested in me or I'm interested in her physically, emotionally, mentally. Now, that's not to say that sex is the only attraction or the only drive for men and women to have friendships. What I'm saying is, is that at the end of the day, a man who tells you that he would never ever sleep with you either values your friendship so much now that he doesn't want to ruin that or he's lying. <laughs> anyway, that was a wild tangent. I'm going to leave it in the podcast because I think that it has value. Uh, Moving on, journal writing. Anyway, that's why I was talking about that. Journal writing was is a, is a huge resource and a huge outlet for me to process my feelings and to weigh out pros and cons in situations and to have a conversation with myself. It's an accountability piece. It's a way to have a conversation with myself about my behavior and my thoughts and my actions. And I think journal writing is a very healthy habit to get into. Maybe not daily, but you know, make time. Make time for self-care. Make time to have conversations with yourself about your thoughts and your behaviors and weigh out the pros and cons. Maybe it's a work thing that you need to write about. Maybe it's a, a, a spiritual thing that you need to write about. Maybe it's a, a physical thing or a, ha a habit that you need to, to talk to yourself about and, and become aware of and tackle 
the pros and cons or a plan of action. Journal writing is a huge positive, huge positive. Planning meals, right? Eating, we talked about not eating healthy. Planning meals or meal prep is a huge way to improve your diet. Uh, I know lots of people who plan out their meals for the week and then shop accordingly. I didn't do this for a very long time. I just bought what looked good and I spent way too much money and I bought processed crap. Somebody told me when I started my, my fitness journey and started taking care of myself, somebody told me, shop around the outside of the grocery store. It's where all the fresh food is. And I never considered that. So I'm sure that some of you have never considered that. When you're shopping for food and you're shopping for meals, shop around the outside of the store. Stay away from boxed products, frozen products. Buy fresh dairy or fresh almond milk, fresh eggs, fresh cheese, whatever it is that you're consuming, fresh produce, vegetables, salad, fruit, meat around the outside of the store, the meat counter. Buy fresh foods that are going to expire so that you will eat them first. Stop filling your cupboards with boxed, processed crap. Your body will respond much more positively and healthily to fresh nutrients and nourishment. I meal prep every week. I spend an afternoon every week making my breakfast and making my dinners for the week. Sometimes it's chicken breast, sometimes it's steak, sometimes it's meatloaf for my afternoon and evening meals. Uh, I eat a lot of salads in between. I drink a lot of protein shakes in between. But for the most part, the main crux of my meals is prepped one day a week. And because I live by myself and because I support myself, it's pretty easy. I don't have to worry about anybody, other, anybody else's tastes. So food prepping for me has been huge. But if you are married or have kids or you are the meal planner or the grocery shopper, plan healthier meals, plan fresher meals, plan to make time to make those meals. Create new habits by not eating mac and cheese out of a box because it's easier. Make fresh pasta. Put some meat or some chicken in the sauce so that there's fresh protein in the, in the meal itself. Stop eating hamburger helper. Make a meatloaf. Make something fresh. Make some burger patties. Make lettuce wraps. If, you want, if you're trying to do keto, there's ways to eat healthier and to plan your meals to eat better so important for your physical health, your mental health, your emotional state, getting enough rest, which is the next thing on the list, getting enough sleep, getting eight hours of sleep. It's important, especially as we get older. We need to get enough sleep. Our bodies need to recover. The same amount of exercise and activity has a bigger toll. It takes us longer to recover. It takes me lo way longer to recover at 45 than it did at 25. I need to get more sleep. I take naps constantly. I have friends that tease me about it. I am the nap king. I don't care if it's a 20 minute nap or an hour and 20 minute nap. If I can get one in, I'm going to because I feel better. I feel more energized. I feel more positive. I feel more rested. Especially as much as I exercise, as much as I work out, I'm, I have a tendency to feel worn out or drained in the afternoons. Set up routines. Become a creature of habit. Set up routines for the morning and for the evening. 
This will make for an easier day. If the easier it is getting ready, the less time you spend debating what you're going to wear in the morning, the less time it takes you to get ready. I get my clothes for work ready out, laid out the night before. I know what pants I'm going to wear, what shirt I'm going to wear. I've got it all laid out so when I get up in the morning, I can grab my coffee and hit the shower and then get dressed. It takes minimal amount of thinking and minimal, a minimal amount of effort and less time to get ready. I still allot myself over an hour to get up and get ready to get to work. I work 10 minutes away. It's a routine that I've gotten into and it makes me have a better morning. It makes me have a better day because I'm not stressing, I'm not rushing, I'm not wearing out my mind that's not awake yet because I've only been awake for seven minutes and I'm scrambling through my dresser or through my closet to figure out what I'm gonna wear. That also becomes part of my evening routine. I set my coffee pot on a timer. I get my clothes laid out. I get my lunch prepped or ready to go. I get my protein shake prepped or ready to go. I get everything ready so that I can just grab it and go. All of this also trains my mind to get ready for sleep because my body knows once I start getting those clothes out, I'm getting closer to bedtime. My body knows that once I set that coffee pot and I walk out of the kitchen for the last time that I'm getting ready to go to sleep. It is a routine. I have trained my mind to wind down and decompress in those few minutes getting ready for bed. Routines are so crucial to me for having positive habits and for being more efficient. That 15 or 20 minutes that I spend every night getting ready for the next day sets me up for success for the next day. I know that my coffee is going to be hot when I wake up. I know that my clothes are already laid out. I'm already in a positive mindset. I know what I need to do. My tasks are minimal. The effort is minimal. I can get up. I can wake up. I can enjoy my coffee, get dressed, get on the road by a reasonable time to not feel rushed to get to work on time. I'm already having a successful morning before I get to work. And all of that comes from positive habits and setting up routines. Positive hygiene. <laughs> I know that that may sound silly. Bathing daily is a very positive habit. I know people that don't. Uh, we have customers that come in our store that do not take care of themselves. They're regular customers. We have a customer that is known for his foul odor and not taking care of himself. And it's sad uh, because I believe that there's probably medical conditions or, or reasons for that. Uh, but taking care of yourself is important. Smelling good, feeling good, feeling clean, having clean clothes. These things are all important to self-care, right? Taking care of yourself, brushing your teeth twice a day. Something that I didn't do for most of my life. I had, have terrible dental issues that I'm still working out and I'm still saving money to pay for. Even with incredible dental insurance, taking care of your teeth is incredibly important to the rest of your physical health. People don't realize how much your dental hygiene affects your physical health and how much problems in your mouth can create problems in the rest of your organs and the rest of your body. It's a fact. Uh, so good, good physical hygiene, body hygiene, good dental hygiene 
physical exercise daily. You don't have to be excessive. You don't have to turn yourself into a bodybuilder. Uh, I've discovered that that's a pretty common thing for people in recovery, for men in recovery specifically, to replace one addiction for another. And I don't really feel that I've replaced one addiction for another. Uh, I, I intentionally work out. I was very, I got very, very fat. And I have been very fat multiple times in my life and then shrunk back down because of drug use and then got fat again and then shrunk back down because of drug use. That was actually a, a cycle that I perpetuated as I would get sober and cleaned up and I would gain a bunch of weight and then I would do drugs to lose weight. And it was a self-perpetuating cycle that I had to break. And when I broke it this last time I did, I gained like 80 pounds my first year of sobriety. And I got up to like 337 pounds and it was miserable and it was unhealthy. And I got to a place where I was like, I would rather be loaded and miserable than be out of shape and overweight and hate myself. And I made the decision then that if I was going to lose 100 pounds, that I didn't want to have excess skin hanging out all over my body. And since I don't have thousands of dollars to have corrective surgery, I decided that I wasn't going to be one of those people who lost 150 pounds and had skin hanging off of their arms and off of their stomach and off of their legs. So I decided that the only other alternative was to fill up that extra skin with giant muscles. Uh, so it has been very intentional on my part. A lot of people don't realize that or that realize that that's the why. They just see me and think that I'm obsessed with big muscles, and that's really not the case. I would just rather have giant biceps than have skinny arms with massive amounts of skin hanging off. That was my alternative. It was a, it was a mental choice. I literally looked at videos of people who had lost 150 pounds and felt sorry for them because they looked just as miserable as I was fat. So for me, it was a personal choice. I feel much better about how I look having lost 75 pounds and turned 30 or 40 pounds into muscle. Uh, I'm still a work in progress. I still have areas of opportunity and I still struggle. I, I've had multiple surgeries since I've been sober and I've been taken out of the gym for three months at a time and went back to my old bad habits of comfort eating and being lazy and then had to start all over from square one. The point is, is that I've constantly made efforts to improve. I've constantly made efforts to break bad habits and replace them with good habits. Physical exercise daily is so important to your emotional, physical, mental, spiritual health. I don't care if you walk on a treadmill. I don't care if you walk around the block. I don't care if you power lift. Do something to physically exert your body. Get your heart rate up. Get out of breath. Get sweaty. Take a shower. Your body and brain release endorphins that make you feel better. Having exercised. It's on purpose. This magnificent mechanism that we pilot around literally makes you feel better and rewards you with positive endorphins and chemicals produced by your brain that come from the pleasure centers of your brain to reward you for physical exercise. Yet, there are millions of people who don't. Create some new habits. Get, make some positive habits and positive changes in your life. If you're laying around watching TikToks, if you're listening to this podcast, sitting on your couch, go for a walk and listen to me talk. I, 
I'm not opposed to the idea. Maybe it's not as rhythmic as, as Limp Biscuit and Method Man, but, you know, I, I, I wish to be that entertaining at some point. Spending time with your family or with your friends. Staying connected. The human connectivity is so important to our mental and emotional state. I believe that we were created to have community. I believe that we were created to participate in small groups. To have that brother-sister connectivity. Excuse me. Accountability. I think is huge. And staying connected to people who care about you and want to see you succeed is huge. And staying connected to those who want you to win is huge. Speaking to that, I, I do want to speak to something. A pastor that I follow from Transformation Church, Pastor Mike Todd, I've spoken about him before. He's a great, great speaker. He is a great pastor. And he speaks to relationships a lot. And I love some of his insight and some of his experience that he shares. One of the things that Pastor Todd says is, be careful who you let in your boat because not everybody's rowing. And I feel like that is such an important piece to speak to. Talking about unhealthy people and unhealthy relationships and... You know, I know people who are savagely two-faced, and it makes me sad. And I know that they pretend to be people's friends, and then they talk bad about them behind their back, or they sabotage them any way that they can, or take the wind out of their sails at any opportunity. And it really makes me sad that people feel like they need to do that to feel better about themselves. But be careful who you let in your boat, because not everybody's rowing. Some people are drilling holes. And that's huge, huge. Know who's in your boat. Are they rowing? Do they want to help you get to the get to the finish line? Do they want to help you succeed? Do they want to see you succeed? Or do they want to sink your ship? Cut those toxic people out of your life. Recognize who they are. Cut them out of your life. You will be a better person for it. No matter how tied to them you are. I know friends that are codependently tied to family members or friends that bring them down and don't want to see them succeed and it makes me sad break those break those chains those bonds make new ones with new people staying positive staying positive is a huge part of good habits there's a reason why practicing positivity is the number two letter in apes accountability and positivity. Practicing a positive mental attitude is huge for every part of your life. Personal relationships, work relationships, career goals, life goals, physical health. Having a positive attitude about all of those things is super important. One of the things that I practice most in maintaining a positive mental attitude is practicing gratitude. If you struggle with being positive or you struggle with being with not being positive or you struggle with being negative, my first suggestion to you is to make a list of all of the things that you should be grateful for. Not a list of all of the things that you are grateful for. Make a list of all of the things that you should be grateful for. Every day I speak to that. When I get up in the morning, I speak to myself, I speak to my higher power, I talk to God and I say, Thank you for my overabundant life. 
Thank you for all of the things that I have more than I need. My clothes, my shelter, the food in my fridge, my animals that love me unconditionally, all of my friends and family that I love and who love me. Thank you for all of my countless blessings. I have more than I need in every way. And I don't believe that that was attainable by me alone. But speaking to those things and speaking to the gratitude of those things and reminding myself that I have far more than I need and I have far more than I deserve constantly allows me to stay in gratitude. And it allows me to act in gratitude and to act out of love and to act out of tolerance and kindness because I have it far better than I deserve. And I think a lot of people do. And a lot of people don't realize how bad other people have it. Other cultures, other countries around the world who don't have enough of anything. They don't have enough shelter. They don't have enough food. They don't have enough clothing. If you have more than you need, then you should be grateful for that. And you should be sharing whatever you can of yourself to other people to be useful, to repay that unrepayable debt. My opinion, you could tell me to fuck myself. That's okay. I'm comfortable with it. I live the way that I choose to live. This podcast is for people who want to improve their mental state, their emotional state, their spiritual state. Practicing gratitude, praying, and meditating are the last two things on my list. I wish that I could tell you that I meditate constantly. I do not. I wish that I did. I wish that I meditated more. Uh, I do commune with my higher power or with my God uh, on the daily. I try to every single day before I interact with another human being. Sometimes it's in the shower. Sometimes it's while I'm getting dressed. Sometimes it's in the road, on the road to go to work. I almost never walk into my job without having made contact or communing uh, with, with my spirit and, and through my spirit to uh, my spiritual connection. All of that plays into all of this. The accountability, positivity, emotional and spiritual growth, spiritual development. It's a practice. All of this is a practice. So now that we've talked about good habits and bad habits, recognizing when things become harmful in our lives, I'm going to sum up and land the plane with how do we break bad habits and how do we create positive habits. Everything that I've done in my life, every change that I've made in my life has come from replacing behavior. It's not just about stopping a bad behavior. It's about replacing it with something else. I'm going to give you a perfect illustration of this. When I first got clean and sober, I was a terrible litter bug. I don't know if I've spoke about this or not before, but this is a great illustration to behavior replacement. It was a terrible habit of mine to just throw trash out of my vehicle. I would sit in front of somebody's house and eat fast food and throw my trash in their yard. If that's ever happened to you, I'm sorry. It probably wasn't me, but I know that there are people like me who didn't have any regard for anyone but themselves. So I'm sorry for that happening to you and you having that experience. Uh, I know that if I owned my own home now and somebody did that and just threw their trash in my yard, it would probably upset me and probably hurt my feelings. The fact that I've done that and I've been guilty of that myself would give me some sort of, of empathetic response or understanding that a lot of people probably don't have. 
the point is I used to throw trash out of my truck. I used to throw cigarette butts out of my truck. I would throw drink cups out of my cup while I was driving. I just didn't care. I didn't, you know, I, I was, I was a piece of shit really and a scumbag and I didn't have any regard for anyone but myself during that time. The point is, is that after I had been sober for a while, it was put on my heart, whispered in my ear, so to speak. Maybe, maybe you shouldn't throw things out of your truck anymore. I went to flick a cigarette butt out one day and I stopped mid-motion. This thought occurred to me that maybe I shouldn't throw things out of my truck anymore. And I stopped and I put the cigarette butt out in a drink cup or bottle or something in my, in my car. And I stopped that day. I stopped. I never threw anything out of my out of my truck again. I never threw any trash out of my vehicle again. Um, in fact, after probably about a month or two of that stopping that bad habit, the floorboards of my vehicle, my front seat, filled up with trash, and my cup holder had a thirty ounce or thirty five ounce whatever McDonald's drink cup that was full, half full of water and full to the top of cigarette butts. Well, obviously, number one, that made my truck disgustingly, smell disgustingly. But I pulled into a gas station one day and I was like, holy shit, like no one could even ride in my car. The trash was starting to come up over the floorboards and over onto the passenger seat. And there probably were paper bags from McDonald's or wherever I was eating crap at that time. Uh, The point is, is that I stopped the bad behavior. I stopped the littering. But I didn't replace the behavior by throwing it in the proper trash receptacles. I just allowed the trash to accumulate in my vehicle. So it wasn't until I replaced the behavior completely by taking trash out of my vehicle and putting it in the trash that the bad habit got replaced by a good habit. The bad behavior got replaced by a good behavior. So without replacing, without replacing the negative with a positive, or a counterpiece, the trash just accumulated in my vehicle. And then I suffered by driving around in my own trash. Uh, I was I was a pig pen, but I wasn't littering anymore. So I had half of the equation sorted out. I stopped littering. So I would stop the bad behavior. I needed to replace it with the positive behavior, which was, hey, when I get to the house, I need to throw the trash that's in my car away. When I get to a gas station, I need to use their trash cans and throw my food trash away. Or when I go to a fast food place, give them my food trash that was left from the last time that I was there. Whatever the case may be, I needed to get the trash out of my car instead of letting it accumulate. So we have to replace the old behavior with the new behavior with smoking. You know, I started vaping first. I I went from smoking to vaping. So I replaced one behavior with another. Turns out that the other was just as harmful and just as toxic to me. But I had to replace that behavior eventually too. So I started chewing gum. I sucked on on blow pops or or dum-dums for a while for the hand-to-mouth fixation, like that the habit. I had to replace the hand-to-mouth with a cigarette to a hand-to-mouth with a sucker. Uh, Then I started chewing gum. Then I started sucking on mints or breath mints. The point is I had to replace the behavior with something else. I had to do something else instead. You know, uh, Tony Robbins suggests breaking habits with drastic changes, something that's like physically shocking to the body. Uh, Every time you want a cigarette, do 20 push-ups. 
or 20 jumping jacks. Uh, you know, one of the things that he does to reset his mind or, or his focus is super erratic breathing. And I love that he demonstrates that because he, he, he'll, he'll put his hands up and he'll, and he'll do that for 60 seconds. And it's a shock to his system. It snaps him out of whatever mental or emotional state that he's in. And it's a reset button for him. The point is, is that he replaces a behavior with a behavior. So when it comes to breaking a bad habit, like the cell phone thing at night, if you're watching TikTok videos and or Facebook or YouTube, and you're spending two hours on your phone at night instead of going to sleep, turn your phone off or silence your phone and set your alarms and set it aside. Make it a rule. Make it a, a bright line rule. I'm not going to pick up my phone after 9 o'clock at night or after 10 o'clock at night. Put it aside and make it a rule and stick to it. If you need an accountability partner, tell somebody about it. Text one of your friends, hey, good night, I'm, I'm putting my phone up. Check in and tell someone that you're doing that. Hold yourself accountable by making it a known thing. Nobody's going to fault you for trying to be better or trying to get more sleep or trying to not feed your mind a bunch of crap when you're trying to wind down. Whatever the habit is, whatever the negative habit is, you need to replace it with a positive behavior. Like, like I said about biting my nails, I started clipping my nails really short so there was nothing to bite. Well, that was part of the problem. My nails would get longer, my cuticles would get long, and now I trim them all. And I used to have bloody marks next to every single one of my fingernails because I would bite my cuticles until they bled, or I would bite my fingernails until they bled. And I don't do that anymore, but I had to do something about it. If you're not taking enough breaks at work, start taking more breaks. If people are gossiping to you or you're gossiping, be mindful that somebody's not present and that negative creates negative. Replace the behavior with the behavior. If you're not eating right, start making arrangements to eat better. Stop going through the drive through five days a week. Stop going out to eat. If you're spending too much money on food, if eating out and spending too much money on food is becoming harmful to your budget or to your finances, be mindful about that and go spend $60, $70 at the grocery store and plan some meals. Instead of eating out and spending $200 a week on fast food or eating out with your friends. If you're not getting enough sleep, start disconnecting. Set up an evening routine to get ready for, for your day the next day. Turn your phone off. If you're not setting effective goals, if you're not holding yourself accountable, if you're setting unattainable goals, work on setting smaller goals, more obtainable goals. Let people know what you're trying to do. Hey, I'm trying to start a podcast and I don't know what a reasonable amount of time or, or investment is on that. How many episodes should I try to do? Well, one a week is probably realistic. So far, I've been able to sustain that, even getting promoted at my job and having to be more focused at work, uh, having my schedule be all over the place, not having set times off. I've had to work around that schedule. But the goal, the, the, plan, the point was is that I set reachable goals. 
I set realistic goals. Realize that you're not perfect and you're going to fall short, even in creating new habits and breaking bad habits. Allow yourself grace to fall short and try again. All of the people in the world that are successful are successful because they were comfortable failing first. Get comfortable with failing and falling short and don't let that stop you from trying again. If you're not exercising, start exercising more. If you're in unhealthy relationships, take the necessary measures to change those relationships, to replace them with positive relationships. I think something that everyone should participate in is self-care. And I think that we all fall short of, of loving ourselves enough and taking care of ourselves enough. And I feel like every person should have something that's just for them. Everyone should have a hobby or something, whether it's a creative outlet, whether it's drawing, painting, writing, singing, playing an instrument, playing a sport. Everyone should have something that's just for them that they do for themselves. For me, it's going to the gym. It's, it's bodybuilding. Uh, going to the gym and exerting myself and, and investing that time and energy into myself is something that only I benefit from. It's working on obtainable goals. It is time spent just for me, listening to music, pushing my limits, pushing my boundaries, testing myself. And it's an accountability piece to stay doing it to stay committed to doing it, even on the days that I don't want to show up. And I think everybody should have something like that. I, I feel like that's probably one of the healthiest things that I do for myself is that I spend an hour or hour and a half a day, five days a week, doing something that's just for me. And that's because I spend a lot of my time doing for others and helping others and working with others. But if I'm not taking care of myself, I'm not useful to anyone else. And I know that for me, I'm speaking about me personally. And I know that if I'm not taking care of myself and I'm not getting the things and the time and self-care that I need, my usefulness to others wanes. If you're drinking too much, stop drinking so much. If you're hanging out with people who are causing you to drink excessively, maybe you should get some different acquaintances. If you're hanging out at places that are causing you to drink excessively, maybe you should get some new hangouts a couple nights a week. Maybe instead of going to the bar three or four nights a week, you go to the bar and then go shoot pool somewhere or go bowling or go to the gym. We got to replace the negative behaviors with something else. If you're being too lazy, do something about it. Start making plans and, and setting rules and obtainable goals to spend 15 minutes a day outside of the house. I don't care if it's just walking around your property or walking around the block. Get off of your couch and go outside and do something. And you will feel better. You just will. Anyway, recognizing when things become harmful or toxic to you or unhealthy to you or unhealthy in your life, limiting your positivity, limiting your emotional and spiritual growth, limiting your usefulness to other people, uh, all of these things are important. Thank you. If you've made it this far, if you've made it this far, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. This has been episode nine on habits. Uh, I am planning on meeting this week with my good friend, Eric Rogers. We're going to talk about battles. 
personal physical battles, things that we've overcome and how we've done those things. I'm super excited about that. I, I love and respect this man. He's a positive dude. He is helpful and useful to other people. He loves God. He loves his family. He's just a good man. And uh, I'm excited to, to introduce you all to him. As always, if you like what you heard, like, subscribe, share, share a link on your on your social media. Send the link to your friends. You can text message it to them. You can message it to them. Like, subscribe, share. If you want to hear me talk about a specific topic, leave it in the comments. I say this every week. If you want to hear me talk about something, leave it in the comments. Leave it in the comments on the YouTube channel. If you don't have the access to the YouTube channel, it's We Are Apes Development on YouTube. Um, you can also search me as The Real Joe Murado. I should come up in the, in the search. The Real Joe Murado on YouTube or We Are Apes Development on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, RSS Streaming, any streaming service that you can think of, we are on it. Just to keep you all updated, I am still working on the We Are Apes Development website. It is up now. There's not, you can't do anything there. You can just see our little logo and see that it's under construction. More will be revealed. I, I plan on having shoppable items within the next month, probably by the end of March. You will be able to purchase hats, hoodies, t-shirts to support the podcast, to support We Are Apes Development. I look forward to sharing that with y'all. Uh, everything is going to be to a, a reasonable price point. Um partnering with a, with a merchandise website or a merchandise company. They set the price points that they want to make off of the products. I'm not going to add much to that. Probably a dollar an item, maybe $2 an item, just to help support the, the time that I'm putting into this. I love you all for all of your continued support. Please hit me up if you want to hear me talk about a specific topic. I have several topics left that I'm going to be working on. I have several people in mind to speak to some of those topics. We are Apes Development. This has been about habits. My name is Joe Morado. I love you all. Thank you. I don't care what you say about me as long as you talk about me.